Welcome everybody at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, well, let's see what this episode does for you because today we're actually doing a positive episode. I know, cherish the thought. But anyway, I've covered wrestlers in iffy years for them, like Dean Ambrose's run in 2016, talking about Rey Mysterio's first world title run, so on and so forth. And I figured, I was, to be quite honest, I was thinking about doing a list of like top matches per year of WWE, like top 10s or top 15s. And as I was trying to go through the year 2000, I realized Triple H had a stellar year that year, not just in terms of booking, but also the quality of his matches. That really made him stand out compared to years prior, where some matches were notable, but not a whole lot. But this was his breakout year, and I thought I was going to dedicate today's episode talking about Triple H's stellar 2000 run. Now, let me preface this by also talking about a bit of the 1999 stuff, because this was when it started to take kind of lead into this year. So the year prior, he became two-time WWF champion. First time winning it the night after SummerSlam. Second time winning the vacant title in the six-pack challenge. The Stone Cold, the special guest referee at Unforgiven. Finally started to break out on his own. He had the whole, my time, you know, entrance theme and everything. And by the end of the year, he became on-screen married to Stephanie McMahon as part of a swerve after defeating after Triple H defeated Vince McMahon at Armageddon. So... 2000 starts big. Again, he's a two-time, been two-time WWF champion. He's married to the boss's daughter in kayfabe, not yet in real life. So 2000 becomes a big year that helps solidify Triple H as a legit main eventer. And it already starts off strong because the first Raw of the year, January 3rd, 2000, he defeats the Big Show to become WWF champion for the third time. Even though that's only the course of four or five months. But still, three-time champion pretty successful. Now, it was also around this time that he was starting to have a big feud with Mick Foley leading into the year prior because when Triple H and Stephanie became on-screen, like, couple and everything, they also took over power of the company and they fired Mick Foley after he lost, under his Mankind persona, a pink slip on a pole match against The Rock. So because of this, the roster was pissed. They wanted to do a big walkout threat if Triple H and Stephanie did not rehire Mick Foley, so they agreed, yes, alright, he's back. And then that leads to Mankind being back on TV, and it was announced, hey, at Royal Rumble, it's going to be Mankind versus Triple H at Royal Rumble, but then Mankind gets beat up. And on SmackDown prior to this, Mankind reveals, hey, I'm not going to be in a street fight, but I know somebody else who will, and his name is Cactus Jack. So it goes from Mankind Triple H to Cactus Jack Triple H in a street fight at the Royal Rumble, and this was the match that truly solidified Triple H as a legit main event guy because this match was one of the best matches of the year possibly the best street fight in wwe history where triple h had a pedigree cactus jack kicks out triple h is furious one more pedigree into the thumbtacks and that is it and also triple h was actually working with a slight injury he got his leg punctured on wooden pallets in the aisleway so he had to get stitches i believe you could see that in the royal rumble 2000 dvd or something like that as a bonus feature where he's getting the little fixture there but he managed to solidify himself as a legitimate Avengers name. When you watch this match, it's like, okay, this guy's no joke. He can hang. Because this is one of those matches where if somebody has doubts, give him a big-time match like this, like you would see later on with Edge six years later, WrestleMania against McFoley. Have a big-time match like this. It'll solidify somebody as a main guy. And this did it. Now, this is not in the feud just yet with Foley because Foley wanted another match against Triple H or No Way Out. 
And Triple H is like, alright, you can have whatever match you want. And Cactus Jack decided, hell in a cell. But there was one big added stipulation. Not only is the WWF Championship on the line, but, and I gotta put an asterisk on this, Cactus Jack's career was also on the line. So it's title versus career match. And again, both men are on top of the cell. Cactus Jack was looking to do a big stump pile driver onto Triple H on the burning 2x4. But Triple H countered to the back body drop on the top of the cell and fully crashes through it and completely creates a big crater in the ring. Triple H looked like he freaking killed somebody. He gets back now into the ring, kind of nudges at Mick Foley's arm. He starts moving. Triple H is like, what the fuck? Then he grabs Foley. One more pedigree. Boom, that's it. Pins Foley. Retains the WWF Championship. And Mick Foley is quote-unquote retired. Now, of course, we got to put on that asterisk because of what would happen at WrestleMania. So, after that, at the same show, Big Show defeated The Rock to gain The Rock's WWF Championship match at WrestleMania. So, at first, it was announced it was going to be Triple H, Big Show, one-on-one at WrestleMania. Eventually, The Rock regained his own entry in the match, so it became a triple threat. But then Linda afterwards announced that, hey, it's going to be a fatal four-way elimination match, including, for one night only, Mick Foley. So they brought him back just because they wanted to thank him for his work within the company by giving him the main event of WrestleMania. So, Fatal 4-Way Elimination Match, WrestleMania. Big Show eliminated quite early. Mick Foley later gets eliminated. And then it's down to the Big Show and The Rock. And we remember McMahon in every corner. So it was down to The Rock, who had Vince McMahon in his corner. Or Triple H, who had Stephanie in his corner. Vince gets in the ring. Looks like he's about to hit Triple H with a chair. But no, he smacks The Rock with a chair. Kick out, another chair shot. All that's it. And because of this, at WrestleMania 2000 slash 16, I prefer to call it 16, because if I say 2000, I personally prefer to refer to the video game. But this becomes the very first time ever that a heel walks out of the last main event match as champion at WrestleMania. The closest we saw before this was 9 with Yokozuna, but then Hogan had to play politics. This was the very first time that a heel walked out of the main event of WrestleMania with the World Championship. Big surprise, and of course they had to send the crowd home happy because The Rock's got to lay it, the smack down on everybody. So we continue now with the feud, with The Rock going into Backlash. And the, the odds are stacked against The Rock. The Rock has nobody in his corner. Shinny's a special guest referee. Vince and Stephanie are in The Rock's corner, or Triple H's corner. So Linda's like, hey, Stone Cold's going to be in The Rock's corner. Even though Stone Cold's not fully recovered from his neck injury and everything like that. You have the match Backlash. Odds are against The Rock. You had Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson as extra referees in there. All of a sudden, here comes Stone Cold swinging and knocking out all the heels with the steel chair all on his own. Eventually, like, Linda comes down with Earl Hebner. It's nothing but Triple H and The Rock in the ring. Spinebuster of the Triple H. People's elbow. That's it. New WWF champion. Almost the best match of the night. I still kind of prefer Scotty Tuati Dimalenko a little bit. But this was a great freaking main event, even if it was a little bit overbooked. So, The Rock becomes WWF Champion. Now, you fast forward to the next month. Triple H gives his rematch at Judgment Day, going in a 60-minute Iron Man match against The Rock. A match that I feel is one of the greatest Iron Man matches of all time. In the end, even though they botched the finish timing a little bit, The Undertaker comes back as the American Badass. The score, I believe, is tied 5-5, to I believe. And it, right as the buzzer sounds, Triple H gets hit with a tombstone, and all of a sudden, that's a DQ through interference ending. Triple H wins by one point over The Rock to regain the WWF Championship. Like I said, the you could tell time was already up. They kind of messed up with the ending just a little bit. But still, Triple H becomes WWF Champion again. 
But this is not over with The Rock just yet, because you also get Vince and Shane and Undertaker and Kane involved into a six-man tag team match at King of the Ring. Now, I believe I mentioned in the three-part special of the podcast about matches that got changed, cards of change and all that, that originally the title was not on the line, and then eventually the title did get put on the line. So Triple H was defending his championship with Vince and Shane against The Rock, Kane, and Undertaker. If anybody on Triple H's side wins match, Triple H retains. If anybody on The Rock's team got the pin on any person on the heel team, then whoever gets the pin gets the championship. So either Triple H retains or we get a new champion on the babyface side, The Rock becomes champion again by pinning Vince McMahon. And of course, we'll see nine years later, Triple H once again losing the championship in a six-man tag, but that's for a different time if I choose to cover that. Now, Triple H would be out of the picture a little bit because on the same, for the title picture, because on the same night, Chris Jericho was in the King of the Ring tournament and when Stephanie tried to get involved in his match against Kurt Angle, Jericho put a lip lock on Stephanie. Triple H was not happy, so then we lead to a match at Fully Loaded. Originally standard match and then last man standing. And in the end, Triple H, a bloody Triple H, defeats Chris Jericho by hitting a back suplex off seal steps through the announce table and getting back up with one second left before the referee hits 10 for the victory. I still feel is the best last man standing match in WWE history. Just bloody, brutal, incredible, even if it was a one-off thing. Now you go back into some. Now you go into SummerSlam, and you kind of start being bringing in this big feud with Kurt Angle and the Love Triangle with him and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, where Stephanie does not know whose side is she on. It's like is Kurt Angle trying to steal Stephanie? Is she in love with Kurt? All that shit. So then we have also get a triple threat match, including WWF Champion The Rock for SummerSlam even though the championship was kind of a third-wheel type thing. And this was became the infamous match where Kurt Angle got pedigreed early through the announce table because it collapsed, legit concussion. But in the end, it was still a really good triple threat main event. The Rockwood retains championship. I believe he pinned Angle. I can't remember. I haven't seen that finish in a while. But this is not it for the love triangle because then it would still lead into Unforgiven. Both of them will go one-on-one. Mick Foley's special guest referee, who was the commissioner at the time, and at the end, Stephanie McMahon actually kicked Kurt Angle in the nuts. Triple H gets the pin, and that's suddenly the abrupt end of the storyline. I mean, I've heard, you've heard rumors that Triple H completely put an end to the storyline at his own request because he doesn't feel like it's realistic for Stephanie to leave him for Kurt Angle. That ended abruptly. It was whatever. Now, after this, Triple H would have a very brief face run. Very brief, leading into No Mercy as he started feuding with Chris Benoit, da-da-da-da-da, Era 404, you know. Well, they have the match, really great match, I believe it may have been a little bit better than the main event of Rock Angle, depending on people's preferences, but he defeated Chris Benoit at No Mercy. Now, after this, he would turn right back heel, because I believe it was the night after Triple H like, would come down to the ring with Black Love and Sledgehammer in hand, seeming like he's going to help Stone Cold Steve Austin, but then he bashed him in the head with a sledgehammer and revealed himself to be the mastermind behind the whole hit-and-run plan that happened at Survivor Series the year before to Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Joe Louis Arena. It's like, Austin, you wanted to know. Now you know, you dumb son of a bitch. Uh. So, like, yeah, Rikishi did the rundown, but Triple H orchestrated the whole thing. So it went back to being heel. You go to Survivor Series, one-on-one Stone Cold and Triple H have a big brawl beat the shit out of each other. This leaks all the way out in the parking lot. Triple H tries driving away in a car, but Stone Cold stops him with a fork, with a big forklift like boom lift, lifts up in the air, decides, hey, car drop test, boom, drops Triple H, top first, like upside down in the car while Triple H screams, holy shit, boom, smashing the ground. 
and that makes the match ended in a no contest. And somehow Triple H came back on TV without a scratch afterwards. No explanation there, just like when Big Show, aka the Giant, fell off the roof of Cobalt Hall at Halloween Havoc 95. So it's like, somehow you can escape without injury, and especially within the course of a few weeks. So the feud with Stone Cold was still not over, and would not end by the end of the year, but still, you would get the big, one of the biggest main events in history at Armageddon later on that year. Kurt Angle defending the WWF Championship against The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Rikishi, and The Undertaker. Six men, first fall, gets the victory. Everybody beat the shit out of each other. You saw Rikishi getting thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell into the back of a truck. You saw blood, you saw broken glass, you saw freaking cars getting mangled, cameras being used as weapons. In the end, Stone Cold got the snare on the rock, Triple H stopped Stone Cold from getting the pin, hit a neckbreaker, and Kurt Angle, very carefully crawling into the ring, got the pin on the rock, and that was it. And of course, this would also be, not too long after this, Triple H would stop using the whole My Time theme song, because the next year he would then transition to King of Kings. But this was an overall breakthrough year when you look at Triple H, because, like, wait, some of his championship reigns were a bit sure, like, here's the title, and now he's not the champion. But you also look at the pay-per-view matches he had. He had a lot of quality matches this year. And, of course, I'm skipping through, like, Raws and SmackDowns and everything, because that's a lot of shows to go through. I'm sure some people could bring up some that they prefer. But it's like, Royal Rumble? Best street fight possibly in WWF history. Hell in a Cell match, no way out. One of the best, even though... The match stipulation kind of got retconned for one night. The main event of WrestleMania, I feel, was good at best. So maybe like three out of five stars at best. The Backlash match was great and chaotic. The, Hell in a, uh, the Iron Man match at Judgment Day was awesome. Really good King of the Ring six-man tag match. Fully loaded, the best last man standing match I've ever seen. SummerSlam, pretty good. The match with Kurt Angle and Unforgiven, also really good. A great, really great uh, match at No Mercy against Chris Benoit. Hard-hitting brawl at Survivor Series. And the Hell in a Cell match, a lot of people still praise this day in Armageddon. And then rightfully so, because it was a really great match. So, I mean, if it wasn't for this year in the booking, and maybe also because of Stone Cold's absence, Triple H never would have really gotten that full run like you saw with this booking. Because who knows how Triple H's booking would have been if Stone Cold was still healthy and everything. But he was giving an opportunity, and he ran with it. Because this was his breakthrough year that showed, hey, he's not just a mid-card guy. He can be a main adventure, and he proved it this year. So big thumbs up to Triple H's run in 2000. I love it. Let me know you all thought in the comment section below. What did you think about Triple H's run in the year of 2000 in the WWF slash WWE? If you enjoyed today's episode, folks, please remember to leave a like, comment what you thought below, subscribe to the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast may be available on. I'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.